Hi, it is Luna from Global Anti-Scam Organization. In short, we call ourselves GASO. And right now, you're listening to the GASO exclusive. In this interview today, I'll be speaking to Jennifer. Hello. And Christine. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Both of them are actually in GASO Intelligence Division and be revealing the extremely dark side within the scam industry. So, um, Jennifer, maybe you can share with us, right? How exactly does the scam uh, company operate? Um, as for Gasol Intelligence Division, we actually have been uh, investigating on the scam industries and how they work for the past one year. And this, uh, the following stuff that we're going to mention next are the things that we have, uh, we found out. Uh, so first of all, we go by the developers. Uh, so basically, the developers who construct the buildings and the compounds, these people are usually the ones who make the most money, and they could also at the same time offer services such as money laundering service or IT services. And then the next one will go to like the bosses who rent the venue. So these people are usually high flyers and who could also be Wikipedia. They do not show at the compound, and they will often make themselves look like a uh, business. A, a legitimate business person who's running a legitimate business and then this person tends to do a lot of charity work to make himself look like a um, generous and nice person and then the next one would go to um, the local police and um, government protection fees so this fees could be up to like say 10 to 15 percent and then we also have like a bunch of people who is from the management team who manage the recruitment and uh, the recruitment business and um, and how they attempt to trick um, people from Malaysia, Taiwan, or even China. And the next one would be IT companies who run the main server somewhere out of the third world countries. Um, the other one that we found out is our money laundering uh, department. And this is one of, uh, one of the departments that we know of who are often based in Thailand, Malaysia, and the Philippines. Um, they are the ones who are in charge of changing, exchanging the USDT scam amount to cash and then they will pack them into luggage bags and finally back to the bosses. Everything is in cash just to avoid any types of money trail. Um, the next one will be IP addresses. So these people are really smart. They would purchase VPN, uh, the very often, uh, the, the, the most common IP that we've seen is Singapore, Hong Kong as the, the IP and uh, lastly they do move their base a lot just to avoid the trail okay so help me understand meaning to say that for this entire operation it's not just um you know the people who are just speaking to you so it's like a big operation altogether um it is basically how the whole organization is run so they are not just run by one person every one of them has a every department and every organization or even contractors are in charge of different things. And these are all to avoid any types of money trail or um, any, types of, uh, any types of names that are linked to them because these bosses are the ones who know the law very well and they tend to look for the loophole. As long as um, the scammers, they also, the organization as well, they destroy any types of digital evidence every mm -hmm. three months because they know the law very well. As long as you cannot find any victims or you cannot find any evidence um, during the, 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 the compound rate, mm -hmm. you can't exactly prosecute them. Okay, so, so basically what you're telling me is, is one company 
it could be like one entire organization that takes everything from developing the place to the bosses rent so it's like a lot of layers in between but at the end of the day it's like one entire organization Right. Um, not exactly because uh, okay. usually for IT companies and money laundering, they are mm-hmm. called the contractors. Okay. So these are the people who could be at the same time servicing other scam companies as well. Okay, so basically, entirely this ecosystem, right, is made up by it could be different companies, but they together they come together as like uh, I would say a entire fraud or scamming ecosystem. That's right. 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 If, if I were to put it, right. Okay. So I think it it seems like it's very very dark. Yep. And it's like oh my god, you know um so many people involved. Okay. Oh, that's quite interesting. And you 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 mentioned that they changed USDT. I mean, just just help me through this because this is like crypto and and stuff like that, right? I I thought it's like anonymous. Why do they still want to pack money into bags? Uh, usually what happens is that um, for America and European business, I think they have been like uh, the scam companies, they used to operate a lot of business through banking, um, through banks, like transfer of banks. I think mm-hmm. they're still doing it now for Asia business, but I think a lot of, the, a lot of them have been changing to uh, USA and European market. Uh, mm-hmm. and they've been using crypto instead. So all of those are USDT or this is the, one of the most preferred currency used. They also use BTC, but USDT still remains as the most common um, way of transferring uh, funds. So what they do is that they will ask uh, victims to buy USDT and uh, transfer to their wallet, and then they will close the, the, the scam wallet within a month. And mm-hmm. obviously they will then go to the final wallet, uh, which they will then encash all the money out. And of course, um, this money laundering business, they don't just service one company. Usually they will service a lot of companies at the same time. And then of course, at the end of the day, after they encash all this USDT out, mm-hmm. they will then go back to say Thailand, where they they do uh, they, they count this money and then pack them into luggage bags and uh, finally going back to the bosses. Everything is in cash and all of these bosses usually stash their cash somewhere. Um, yeah. Gosh, that that that's that's like a huge amount of money. I mean, it's like back to the olden days where you stash money under your pillow, under your bed. I I think. All right. Okay. Okay. That sounds um scary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing, Jennifer. Um. Okay. So, um, Christine, you've been working in this for some yeah. time as well, right? Understand. Uh, yes, I've joined Gato since last year, July. Okay. Till now. Okay. So it's like um, nine months. All right. So so maybe you can yeah. share with us, right, some interesting stories that you have ever heard from the scammers. Uh, okay. Along the way, when I speak to a couple of scammers, like maybe 20, 30 of scammers from now, uh, some of the scammers they will actually tell the true story or in fact sharing how they actually um, survive or lifestyle in the scam compound. So mm-hmm. uh, some of the interesting that interesting stories that I have come across that um, the scammer actually told me that the scam company beside her com- his company mm-hmm. that scam eight million dollars and immediately that scam company shut down the entire operation. 
because they have earned really enough of money to shut down and bring the money back home. Okay, $8 million yeah, yeah. and they shut down everything over, I mean, when they receive the funds. Uh, yes, because when victim transfer funds to them is like kind of almost immediate receiving, I believe. Okay. So once they receive the fund, they just throw their computers, they just throw their hardware, and they just throw their uh, handphones, whatever evidence that they can, you know, for the, for the scam will be thrown away or destroyed away. Understand, understand. I mean, they, they wouldn't yeah. want themselves to be tracked. And I mean, with yeah. $8 million, that's like a hell lot of money. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and another thing is very interesting fact that for the pickpocketing scan script, so-called the Satu Pan script, mm-hmm. it is actually written by the psychology professional. Okay. Uh. Yeah, so um, this professor is actually specialized in human psychology. So when we came across um, this, this fact or this um, conversations, we, we were kind of um, shocked, I, I would say, personally. Because um, to a normal person like us, that you know we just have our normal life daily and we don't really you know uh, think very uh, deeply for uh, you know some of the sentences or some of the behaviors that people are actually showing to us but you know um, actually those scammers are actually practicing how to um, actually managing our emotions and study our characters and um, how do they actually manipulate on our thinking to mm-hmm. um, actually thought that something is not very right but actually to them that is is um, alright and they will portray a very righteous image to the victims that um, um, actually you, you do the investment is perfectly okay you you have to, to earn some um, you know extra money for yourself you know something mm-hmm. like that so they will start to slowly manipulate your your mind how it you know to think logically so if yes. i got if i got you right there it, it means to say that you know this the guys who are actually you speak to um they're actually trained or trained professionally you know um because these scripts are actually written and it's been refined along the way i believe because it's been such a long time right and from yeah. there um, they're actually playing with our emotions. They're actually your, it's like your emotions, whatever you say to them is actually been analyzed in a way. Uh, yes, because when you uh, actually talk to the scammers, right, you are mm-hmm. not only talk to one person. Oh. So, um, yes, they are behind the screen, they are a group of people that is studying your reply, uh, to study your characters and any difficult questions that you throw to the so-called the scammers, you know, during the conversation, they will be able to reply you in a very nice manner or very smart manner whereby you don't think that they they, they are anything wrong with it. Okay, so, so whenever you give them a question, they actually are able to answer you quite promptly, I would say, that you, you, that's why you don't sense anything wrong with the way they reply you and it, and it sounds so legit that you wouldn't doubt them at all. Yes, that's right. So uh, they will reply you very instantly because mm-hmm. they need your attention, they need mm-hmm. your time 
to mm. talk to them so that you don't have time to talk to other people like your friends around you or your family members to actually discuss on the issue or digest you know and analyze on the issue they don't give you any time for on, on your own okay understand okay, yeah okay, yeah okay. So, so in short, you're saying that, you know, at any one time you're speaking to one person, it, it may not be one person, it, it could be like several people. Yes, yes. And um, usually the screen, the, the chat history or the current chat will be on screen and everyone is looking at the chat. And um, yes, so if the victims actually um, has a lot of money, you know, uh, to invest into the scam platform, mm -hmm. they will actually um, make it a profile, a case study to okay. the new scammers um, for the training. I see. Okay. Yes. So, so this is only on when they're speaking, right? Uh, maybe you can share more, like, you know, how, how do they motivate their staff, right, to, to do more scams? Or, or I mean, definitely there'll be... Uh, down times and stuff like that, right? So have you heard of how they actually motivate their staff to do more scams or, or to try to get uh, more customers? They, they use a lot of ways. Like, for example, every day they will have, uh, they have to sing songs, you know, they have to, um, how do I say in English? They have to hand cold help, meaning that they have to shout. Like cheers uh, to, to yeah, rally to, them, all right? Okay, okay. Yes, yes. And uh, to you know to bring up their spirit, and also they, they also give a lot of rewards to the scammers. Like for example, if you hit your sales target, uh, you will have additional cash bonus, or you will have additional uh rewards like iPhone, or the company will also bring you to like KTV, um, mm -hmm. to celebrate your your sales. You know, okay. and uh, I also heard from another scammers that every day if you hit the daily sales target, they will actually have lucky draw. So lucky draws will come with the the, the cash reward like um few hundred dollars USD, you know. So okay. it's yeah, it's make it like interesting to the scammer so that they are more embraced with, you know, they are, I need to work hard, I need to scam more people, I need to make more money. I see. Okay. Yes. But, but yes. have you have you ever heard of stories whereby, you know, um the scammers have been like brainwashed to an extent whereby they, they feel no emotions when they are actually doing the scamming. The longer they stay in the scam company, mm -hmm. the heartless they will they will be, I would say. Because um we also heard stories from victims that or in fact from scammers, the scammer who are still in the scam company, when victims come to them and you know, beg them to return their money to them and cry, you know, and you know, very desperately begging for to, to return their money, they will feel happy. They will feel happy that hey, uh you're such a a so called a stupid, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh I scan your money now you can't beg me. Yeah, you can't beg me now. Beg me harder, maybe I will return. But usually they, they are just playing with the victim. They'll mm -hmm. just make funds, making funds and the rest of the team in the scam company will enjoy the moment whereby they hear victims that you know come crying and back to for beg them to return the money to them. Oh, okay. That, that that's kind yeah. of sick. Uh, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. And and another story 
that we heard of is um if they know that the victims actually committed suicide, uh mm-hmm. the scammers actually would receive reward from the company. Or even if the the victims, you know, um because of money, because of heavily in debt, they actually um sell their body, unfortunately, you know, to raise the money. Mm-hmm. And the the scammers actually will uh encourage them to do that, you know, or they will they will tell the victims, oh you can go to this uh particular website and you can just uh sign your body there and you will have orders from there. They will tell victims to do that. You mean on top of um cheating people of their savings, making them taking loans or going to illegal means they even uh, you know uh tell them to go uh prostitute themselves. Yeah. If I hear you right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, it sounds very grim. <laughs> uh, I have to say this sounds really very grim. All right. So, um, I mean, okay, let's have enough of the grim side. So, so maybe both of you can share, Jennifer, both Jennifer and Christine, right? Can you share with me some stuff? Like, you know, what have you heard when, I mean, you, you mentioned because they shut down the operations and they go home, right? So what goes on when they go back home? Um, maybe Christine can share first? Usually, for scammer who are actually staying in Myanmar, they will just need to pay a surrender fee of 5,000 renminbi in order for them to go home. So after that, they will need to, um, to file a statement with the local police in China. So usually they will tell like, you know, many scammers, they will say, oh, I am being tricked to go to Myanmar or Cambodia, Philippines or Laos. To, to do scamming, I am also a big thing. So this is the usual story that they will uh, say in the report. So after that, without um, evidence, you know, um, so the local police also cannot do anything. They will just release the scammers home. And back home, uh, with, you know, with sales, with, if the scammers can get enough sales, a lot of sales, mm-hmm. if they go home, they will just enjoy their life. They will, you know, um, Build big houses in their okay. hometown. Okay. Yeah, they will they will have luxury life, like um very good life to for them to uh to enjoy. Understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You you mentioned that um the fee for them to go home, I mean this fee goes to whom? The company? Um no, this is the fee that uh they need to pay um at the borders. Oh, the borders will actually take a fee from them. And you mentioned that it's like 5,000 yuan, right? That's uh, like, yes. That's less, than, that's less than 800 USD. And they can just go back after they have finished their whatever little party that they have. Yes. That's yes. actually called like a surrender fee kind of thing. Like because uh, most of them uh, smuggle. So once you smuggle, it's considered as a crime. And mm-hmm. you have to pay mm-hmm. like a... Like a surrender fee kind of thing and of course like we also heard of um personally i felt disgusted because i have this particular story where um that i know of is that uh one of uh, the bo- not, not one but two bosses that i happen to know of like not know but i, I sort of know um the story behind mm-hmm. is that they just went back um from Myanmar um uh back to china and again they they also told the police that um they got tricked 
uh, took me a month to doing scams, but in fact, they have already earned like million of dollars and, you know, they just pretend to be like a, they're pretending not to be a boss. They're just pretending to be like a, like someone, like a victim who, who got beaten up by the scam companies, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just to escape from the law. So basically, they, these people are the ones who, unfortunately, they know the law very well and they know it so well that they know exactly what to do and they know, uh, they know, the, they know the law so well that they they know that they the, the the court cannot prosecute them unless they can find a victim. This is the law. So, um, obtaining evidence from these people is gonna be very difficult, and especially when like I think a lot of them, um, they are so smart. They know how to transfer. They know they're not supposed to transfer the commission that this uh, that they got from the scan companies to their bank accounts directly. So what they do is that they will transfer all this amount uh, to their family members or like uh, the sisters or like uh, the sister friends, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. just to avoid mm-hmm. any types of money trail um, that can go back to him, go back to the scammer. And of course, um, we also heard of like companies uh, that can offer to bring cash to the family members if they scam too much money and they don't want to have like a, a large transfer um, being transferred directly to their account. I understand. Okay. So, so Jennifer, you were saying like this guy who set up the sweatshop in Myanmar or something like that. I mean, yep. and, and it, he just went back and pretended that he was one of the a victim. victim yep. And he got away with it. He got away with it. I think a lot of uh, bosses just kept getting richer and richer because of the law, because of all the law, law loopholes in obtaining the evidence. So all these people, they just, either they make a lot of money and they just close it down or they just continue to scam, uh, continue to operate in the third world countries. And of course, uh, getting the police to go in is extremely difficult. And I don't think at this point, a lot of police are going in, unfortunately. And of course, um, there are a lot of setbacks uh, with the police sector and um, therefore the bosses are just getting richer and richer and therefore they are also getting more and more powerful. Um, pow- so powerful enough that they cannot be, they are, they are basically untouchable. Interesting. Okay, mm. that's like, oh gosh. I mean, like, I, I do not know how to make anything out of this. It just sounds like something out of the world for me. Yeah, um, you know, um, it's really glad that, you know, you guys are actually sharing what you have learned with us today. And, you know, I really thank everybody, all the audience for, t- t- uh, you know, tuning in to us. You know, thank you for listening to the Gasol Exclusive with me, your host today, Luna, and our guests, Jennifer and Christine. And if you have enjoyed this episode and like to support the podcast, do share it with your friends by posting it on social medias. And to catch all exclusive from us, you can follow us on our Facebook at Global Anti Scam Org. All right. So that's all for this episode, folks. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.